Welcome to the Soulful Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Calwart, and this is a space to reconnect to God's truth for your life so you can spiritually fill up and face the demands of each day on His firm foundation. I'm so thankful that you're on this journey with me and pray that today's episode really encourages you. Hello and welcome back. I am excited to jump into today's topic because it's a juicy one. It's all around the evil eye charm and idolatry as a whole in the new age. So we're going to be looking at that, but in particular, the evil eye, because I am seeing this everywhere. I, of course, saw it constantly in the new age. Women would have the evil eye tattooed in between their breastbone or uh, on their wrist or on their ankle. And now I'm seeing more and more women wearing the evil eye necklace that aren't associated necessarily with the new age or like new age teachers per se. I'm just seeing it more and more. So for example, I was watching the Great British Baking Show and one of the girls on there, she's probably in her early 20s, she was wearing a necklace with the evil eye on it. And then I'm watching a different show and I see the girl has evil eye earrings and then I'm watching The Survivor and the girl on there, and this was from eight years ago, had an evil eye tattoo on her uh, finger. And I am just seeing it all over social media It's everywhere. So I thought, you know what? Let's dive into the history of the evil eye charm. And of course, these different forms of idolatry within the new age that are just more obvious, right? So more the pagan forms of idolatry. So some examples would be the Buddha head, crystals, burning sage or Palo Santo, altars to our ancestors or spirit guides, tapestries of chakras or other uh, images of Hindu gods, statues of Hindu gods, pendulums, astrology charts, tarot or angel cards. Now, there are many more, but those are just the first that came to mind, especially when I would think back to walking into a yoga studio. Typically, you're going to see at least two of the items on that list, if not all of them. Um, And Pagan idolatry is really characterized by practices that are explicitly spiritual in nature, but have nothing to do with God the Father, Jesus Christ, or the Holy Spirit. And that's essentially all all of New Age. Um, So idolatry and sorcery, they really go hand in hand, and you're going to find out why in just a moment with the evil eye. And again, it's just more evidence of a desire to be in touch with the spiritual realm through humanly invented means. So first and foremost, what does the Bible say about charms, sorcery, idolatry, these different items that are really common in the new age? And even myself, some of the last ones that I gave up, for example, were burning sage and incense and Palo Santo, along with crystals that I had all over my home. And so First, let's look at Isaiah 44, 9. All who fashion idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do not profit. And then Habakkuk 2, 18. What profit is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies. For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes speechless idols. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. Therefore, my beloved flee from idolatry. And Galatians 5, 19 through 21, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, 
sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, amenity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is why it's so essential that we know scripture. (laughs) When I was in the new age, I did not know scripture. Even though I called myself a Christian and said I was following Jesus Christ, I didn't know the truth from deception. I didn't understand that what I was partaking in was idolatry. And of course, there's many forms of idolatry. Again, in this episode, we're just referring to the idolatry that you find in the New Age, the pagan idolatry with these charms and these different statues and uh, these different materials that people in New Age use as idols. And they truly go to them for the sources of all information, wisdom, and guidance. And of course, there's nothing in those. It's completely void, if anything, You're dancing with the devil by participating in all of those items because, of course, many of them have demonic forces behind them because this is all coming from the kingdom of darkness. So Christians are encouraged to have faith in God's guidance and trust in his provision rather than relying on external symbols for protection. So let's get into the evil eye. What is the history of the evil eye? And again, what does the Bible say about charms in particular? So the evil eye is of the occult and is usually associated with witchcraft and the dark arts and is a form of spell casting. So many people who are wearing the evil eye, they think it's cute and it's trendy It's going to, quote unquote, protect them from evil spirits, just like smudge with sage or Palo Santo would. But in reality, you are inviting demonic forces into your life by participating in these uh, items, by wearing these items on your body. So the Bible says very bluntly, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I am against your magic charms with which you ensnare people. That is in Ezekiel 13, 20. And then I wanted to read this uh, quote from Father Gabriel, who was Rome's chief exorcist. And he describes the evil eye as consisting of a spell cast by looking at someone with the intention of causing them harm. And he said this, it does not come about as many think by believing that some individuals cause bad luck by just looking at you. This is nonsense. The evil eye is a true spell. In other words, it presupposes the will to harm a predetermined person with the intervention of demons. In this instance, the nefarious deed is achieved through the sense of sight. While I could never be certain that a particular spell was the result of the evil eye and whether a look had been sufficient, the effects were clear. And when I was doing research on this, it was very mind-blowing to me. There are so many Reddit threads of people saying, hey, I started wearing the evil eye charm and all of this bad stuff started happening to me, to my health, to my career, to my relationships. Stuff started falling apart 
when I started wearing this charm. And there's no coincidence. And of course, we know as Christians and as ex-New Agers, the strong spiritual forces that are at play here, you are truly playing with fire when you begin to dabble in all of this. So the basic belief in the evil eye consists of the notion that there are people, animals, demons, or gods, little g, who have the power to cause harm to those of whom they are envious or jealous of just by looking at them. People may become ill, have accidents, misfortunes, or even die. Those who possess the evil eye may cause harm to others knowingly or unknowingly. Some people are not aware that they have the ability to harm another with an envious glance. The evil eye is believed to be the window to the soul physically exposing a person's inner being. Through this powerful window, evil spirits, demons enter into the body, empowering the jealous or the envious person to cause harm to others. The evil eye is associated with envy, greed, stinginess, and not wanting to share one's possessions with those in need. It exposes a heart that was hardened and a hand that was shut to a neighbor in need. Now, the history goes way, way, way back with this charm. The belief in the evil eye is ancient. It occurred in ancient Greece and Rome and Jewish and Islamic Buddhist and Hindu traditions, and in indigenous peasant and other folk societies. And it's, of course, now persisted throughout the world into modern times. Measures taken to ward off the evil eye vary widely between cultures. For example, some authorities suggest that the purpose of the ritual cross-dressing, a practice that has been noted in the marriage ceremonies of parts of India, is to avert the evil eye. Asian children sometimes have their faces blackened, especially near the eyes for protection. And among some Asian and African people, the evil eye is particularly dreaded while eating and drinking because soul loss is thought to be more prevalent when the mouth is open. In these cultures, the ingestion of substances is either a solitary activity or takes place only with the immediate family and behind locked doors. Other means of protection common to many traditions include the consumption of protective foodstuffs or decorations, the wearing of sacred texts, amulets, other charms, which may also be hung upon animals for their protection, the use of certain hand gestures, and the display of ritual drawings or objects. So first and foremost, that sounds utterly exhausting to me <laughs> that these people who, of course, do not have God in their life, they're not followers of Christ, they go way out of their way with all of these crazy different tactics to try to avoid the misfortune of the evil eye. That's how much they deeply believe in it and its uh, truth. And of course, if these cultures believe in it and they know others who have been afflicted by it, it absolutely makes sense and it's just passed down generation to ge generation. Just a quick break to remind you that these episodes are entirely listener sponsored. So there are three ways that you can support the show. You can either leave a review on Apple or Spotify. You can head to the show notes in donor box and leave a one-time donation or a recurring donation monthly 
or you can head to my shop my wellness favorites within the show notes and there my Amazon page along with all of the biohacking tools I use and the wellness brands that I really use daily and trust are there as well. And when you purchase through those links, I receive a very small affiliate. So those are all the ways in which you can support me and this production. It takes a lot to uh, go through and produce each week and you know the software and the platforms and all the things. So anything truly means so much and this would not be possible without you. So thank you. Thank you for your support. So it's clearly made its way into Western culture. And in general, cultures have been influenced by certain superstitions that tend to do more harm than good. And this is definitely the case with this one. The evil eye or the use of the evil eye pendant to protect one's family or oneself is, of course, complete rubbish. And I found a quote from a church, the modern church, on the evil eye, and they said this, essentially the phenomenon known as the evil eye is demonic and never was a Christian symbol. It is a demonic influence which can affect certain people according to their belief and spiritual state. If the person has strong faith and the believer and believes that the power of Christ will protect them from all demonic influences, then they are totally protective. But if he lacks faith, he leaves himself open to various demonic influences. In short, if a person believes that the envy of some people known as the evil eye can bring him harm, his faith in Christ is questionable. Demons have no power over Christians other than the power we give them. The evil eye is not just about what others can do to us, but also about what we draw towards ourselves. Through lack of faith in Christ, through our passions and sinful ways in life, we as receivers can leave ourselves without defense and vulnerable. It is a symbol that is worn as demonic protection over evil glances. In short, it is not God that you are asking to protect you from evil, but rather you are asking the master of evil to prevent it from happening to you. Because the source of the evil eye is not from human power, but an evil and satanic influence. The church heals the effects of spiritual weakness through prayer. In conclusion, the evil eye has no power to protect, but can cause harm if you put your trust in it. We urge you to throw it in the bin where it belongs and cast it from your home. May we always have faith in the cross of our Lord to protect us and our households. Now, I believe that that was from Catholic Church, but I still agree with them that we cannot put our faith in idols, in charms, in these New Age materials made by men that ultimately and really obviously at this point to me have demonic influence. Uh, it's just so wild to see it spreading across into the Western culture, becoming very normalized, very popular, very trendy right now to wear the evil eyes. Oh, it's just so cute. Um, and you see the charms everywhere. And if you have not been seeing the charms everywhere, I promise after this, listening to it, likely you'll start to recognize it. It's one of those things when people say, hey, don't look at the blue car. And you just start seeing blue cars everywhere. Your mind just naturally navigates towards what you bring your awareness to. So 
In conclusion, the evil eye charm is definitely not to be used for protection. And if you have friends or family that have an evil eye charm, send them this podcast and hopefully they'll start to open their eyes to the deception behind the evil eye in something that we think is cute and trendy in reality has dark spiritual roots and can deeply impact our lives for the worse. So in Acts 19.19, and I've stated this first before, there's a story of people who realize everything that they had done with all of their false gods, and after they heard the gospel, their hearts and their minds were awakened to the truth of the gospel that Jesus Christ is truly the way, the truth, and the life. And they repented from all of the sorcery they were doing, all of the idols they were worshiping. And in Acts 19.19, it tells us a number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So they're bringing forth all of their materials that they had been practicing in these different uh, false religions, and they burned them. So no matter how valuable your statues are, your tapestries are, your different Palo Santo sticks, or the crystals you have, they have to go because these things really do open spiritual doors for the enemy to come into our life. And it's one of the first things I did. I think I talked about it in Pick and Make Spirituality in that first episode, that taking all of my items from my home, which likely were thousands of dollars worth of, again, crystals and books and courses and uh, pendulums and different chakra balancing tapestries and all of these things I had, I took it all and I burned what I could and then I threw out the rest. And it was so freeing to do so. It really felt so good. And then, of course, we have to remember where our true protection comes from, which is God. It only comes from God. That is it. Way less complicated than having to purchase all of these different materials and idols and false charms and to actually participate in these things. All we have to do is go to God in prayer. In the Bible, it says, Therefore, if I am baptized and am living in the kingdom of light and the state of sanctifying grace, Satan has no dominion over me unless through fear I open the door to his influence. Sanctifying grace means that I am sharing in a mysterious way in the life of God himself, and he is dwelling in my soul. Romans 5, 5, 2 Corinthians 6, 15, and John 14, 20. Three. So let's pray. Let's say a prayer of protection to the one true God over our lives, especially if we have been going through some spiritual warfare, especially if we feel that others in our life may not have our best interest in mind, or there could be real people within the new age who are actually trying to cast spells on us or to do us harm. That is very real. It's something I actually experienced um, when I was in the new age. And I won't get into it today, but it was some really hard-hitting spiritual warfare when I had a past client literally 
casting spells on me and going through a really rough time. Let's go into prayer. Lord Jesus, you are the highest authority and there is no spiritual power above you. Therefore, I hide in you as you are my safe shelter. I'm confident that in submitting to you, no evil will ever be able to conquer me. Therefore, in your name, I trust you to send your messengers and to protect me wherever I go. Amen. And with that, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day, and I look forward to being back through here very soon. If you felt uplifted, encouraged, and supported by today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a five-star review on either Apple or Spotify. Your reviews help these messages reach more people that need to hear his truth. And if we're not already connected, you can find me on Instagram at Sam underscore Calor. I would love to say hi and hear from you in the DMs.